Episode 90, an update on Israel's activities with S. Samanath and R. Umam Heshwaran. Hello and welcome to AstroTalk UK. ATUK is a not-for-profit podcast produced by me, Gurbir Singh, amateur astronomer and writer based in the UK. I produce this podcast for my own education and share it as a free educational resource with anyone who has an interest. ATUK has no subscribers, ads, and you do not need to log in. For more information, please see the About page at www.astrotalkuk.org. This interview with S. Samanath, Director of the Vikram Sarabhai Space Centre, and R. Umam Hashvaran, Scientific Secretary, was recorded on the 24th of October during the International Astronautical Congress in Washington, D.C. It was not focused on a specific theme, but rather an update on all things Israel, current and future activities. We spoke about Israel's potential participation with NASA's Artemis program, Israel's innovative orbital platform, the repurposing of the fourth stage of the PSLV, human spaceflight and Gaganyan, small satellite launch vehicle, semi-cryogenic engine development, potential new launch site at Kalasekarapatan, Chandrayaan-2 and future international collaboration. The conversation started with India's bid to be the host for IAC 2022. The other candidates were Brazil, Singapore and Azerbaijan. The day after this recording, it was announced that the International Astronautical Federation had selected Azerbaijan. Uh, Mr. Somna and Mr. Umar Eshwaran, thank you very much for making your time. I know it's busy as anyway, but when you're away from home and away for such a long time, especially near the end of this week, so really grateful for your time. First of all, um, congratulations on being a candidate for the IAC 2022. Um, you will know tomorrow if India will be selected. How do you feel about the candidacy so far? How do you feel it's going? Do you think India will be successful? See, our, our objective is to bid for this uh, event in 2022 because it coincides with some of the very milestone events in the history of India. The first being the 75th uh, anniversary of our independence. 2022 is, is it, it is. Mm-hmm. And it also uh, matches with our schedule of uh, humans. Indian space flight to uh, through our own rocket. So these two milestones are there, uh, and coinciding with that milestone, we thought that it is appropriate for us to bid for this because uh, the space is an inspiring activity in India today. Indian Space Research Organization is seen as a performing organization uh, where we are able to inspire people, do things which are uh, something that we thought it is difficult, impossible, have been accomplished. So, with such a condition that it is appropriate for us to bid for this, to bring IAC once again back to India. Uh, it was there in India in 1988 as well as in 2007, and now so many years have passed. The, proper, uh, the promotion of space technology act- activities in India has multifold increased. So, this is a genuine request and demand from us to allow IAF to sanction this to India in 2022. 
But we realize that uh, this uh, bidding process is a competitive process in which other nations also do participate. There are uh, demands of uh, various regional uh, participation, representation of countries based on what has been done in previous years. And also the uh, approval from a, being an international community of uh, uh, evaluators who go through this and then decide on it. So we, we did our best to bid for it, put our case very strongly, our reasons, our preparedness and our ability to do it. Let IEF decide and tell us. And we will be, uh, we'll be waiting for the decision tomorrow. Right. I understand it's either Singapore, Brazil, Azerbaijan or India. Uh, Azerbaijan. No, there are Singapore, four candidates. Four, yeah, there are four Singapore. candidates: Singapore, Brazil, Azerbaijan, and India. Okay. If you look at all the four candidates, of course, India has the top ranking in terms of the space activities, uh -huh. and we are one of the leading spacefaring nation. Whereas the other three are really starting to enter into the space activities with their their own missions and aspirations, which are very important for them. And their demand has been to support an aspiring country. Uh, like that. Of course, we have put our case that we are already there in that. So, these are all measures which are different. And you just have to wait and see. Well, yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. Look forward to that. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that's been uh, very uh, popularly discussed in the um, conference here so far is uh, the NASA's Artemis project, going back to the moon. Um, I understand Italy uh, has already joined, uh, joined, signed up a memorandum to understand Japan is also participating. Does India have any plans to participate in Artemis, going back to the moon with NASA? It all, it all depends on uh, our national priorities. Okay. Uh, see, our programs are well defined. Our most important thrust is in terms of applications of space technology for governmental, administrative, people demand meeting. So that, that takes our uh, major work share and responsibility. And our exploration is another agenda that has been put up in the recent times with this uh, Chandrayaan mission, Mars mission, and uh, AstroSat mission, uh, mission to Venus, and mission to explore the Sun through the Aditya mission, and a possible Mars mission at the later point of time. So all these exploratory missions are uh, just as an as a, as being being developed, and we also have the manned mission proposal, the Gaganyaan, also coming up. Now, looking at Artemis mission and its relationship with the Indian space program is yet to be evolved. Okay, it, it, uh, Artemis has a different uh, requirements and goals as far as US is concerned, mm -hmm. and uh, we need to find uh, how these two meet uh, in, with regard to the utility and the benefit that we are going to get by participating. We are yet to evaluate that and then arrive at any proposal. The, the whole idea of jumping into something you hear is not the way we do. So we do go through that and Artemis is just a program which is now announced. And uh, let, us, let us see how it progresses. So we will evaluate at the right time. Okay. So I'd like to add on that. Actually, as he said, the Gaganyan program is of uh, primary importance to us. First, let us establish that we are sending humans, Indians to space, sustain them there and bring them back safe. Mm -hmm. So that capability let us develop and let us be assured that, uh, okay, we are not capable of this. Then we will look into whether we, we need to go to the moon ourselves or whether we need to go to Artemis. So the message I'm getting is, you haven't said no, just see how it goes. Maybe Absolutely. do something in the future. There's no point in saying no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing about Israel, and indeed all space agencies, there are always many missions running in parallel, different priorities. 
and uh, you've got to organize the priorities. You've got to deliver it. So, okay. One of the new things that um, uh, it's a recent addition is the space platform. So this is the reusing of the PSLV fourth stage for short-term um, instruments, maybe CubeSats. Um, very fascinating idea. I've not heard of any other space agency you, you doing some, something like that. Where did the idea come from, and what sort of um, payloads has, uh, have you already done, and what's in the pipeline? Well, the whole idea came from our chairman, Mr. Dr. Shivan's uh, initiative, uh, that uh, this uh, fourth stage of ESLV cannot be a debris. Uh, he said that it must be made use of, better used. And he has initiated this activity sometime back when he was a director of the Pansarabai Space Center. And so it's uh, going back a few years? Yeah, yes. the whole idea you know, germinated there and we are taking it forward, right. implementing step-by-step um, -step progress of uh, converting the four stage into a spacecraft. Now you've done that, on, I think the two, at least one uh, four stage no. has been used for that already? No, we have done two times. Two times. Now, now already. Mm -hmm. Okay, it started with uh, uh, looking at how the stage can be kept powered on. Right. Uh, and also to look at its telemetry uh -huh. coming here, etc. that we did in the first mission. Right. Then subsequently we did uh, put some payloads, experiments, right. uh -huh. and looked at uh, to monitoring it uh -huh. in subsequent orbits. And we got uh, data from that experiments for very large number of orbits right. subsequently. And it required putting uh, uh, solar panels on the stage right. so that power generation is required. Mm -hmm. We have to find out methods by which we can switch the power from batteries to the solar panel and mm -hmm. that has to be there, the telemetry support is required. Mm -hmm. So it, it turned out to be very good, but right. only point was that we need to have station stability, attitude stability, mm -hmm. which was not there in the first mission. We tried to do spinning, mm -hmm. then uh, we found out that we cannot continue in that mode. We need to have a stable platform, so we are trying to implement it from uh, mission after next. So will there be some sort of reaction control motors to yes. maintain attitude uh, as uh, for future missions? Yeah. Yeah. We have to have two important things. Uh, one is uh, a reaction control module and a propulsion that can sustain for a long time. Uh -huh. uh, not the, the present uh, reaction control system on board, which is not uh, one designed to handle for long duration uh, RCS. Uh -huh. Then second is a uh, low power consumption inertial platform and uh, electronics because the power is premium on board. Okay. Whereas, when, as long as batteries survive, it is sufficient, but then the power generation capability, and according to it, we cannot have deployable solar panels because it is a launch vehicle stage. So the solar panels are launched on the outside? Yeah, if they are outside. Yes. They have to, uh, there's no sort of protection, a bit like the payload covering you have. All that we can have, there are no limitations. So, um, what sort of power uh, but you're talking about 10 watts or something like no, that? No, no, no. <laughs> to make the platform work, we, we need minimum 100 watts. 100 watts? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and uh, that can uh, give additional power for uh, experiments. And what sort of duration would an experiment Indefinite. Really? Yes. But what about the orbit? I thought by the time the PSLV had delivered its primary payload into orbit, then it's pretty elliptical orbit. No, um, it depends on uh, what mission that it's going to do. Right. Suppose it goes to a sun-synchronous polar orbit, the yeah. stage will also be in sun-synchronous polar. Suppose it's a low inclination orbit, it will be in low inclination. Yeah. It depends on where it has gone. Yeah. And uh, we can also change its orbit to a yeah. one which suits the particular experiment. We can bring it down, we can take it down. Yeah. So that's much more and in fact, one interesting thing is the first mission that we told, mm -hmm. as an experiment, we already started doing our own experiments and we have brought an experiment from a 
startup, I would say. Uh -huh. yeah. the kids start, right? Uh -huh. Like that, now you, the, the, oh, the announcement of opportunity is basically for that. Right. To attract especially the younger, younger generation, so that they can come out with uh, novel ideas with respect to payload. Right. And we are not looking at satellites to be brought. Satellites requires its bus, power, telemetry, thermal management, everything. Here nothing is required. You need to make only the payload. Right. The rest of the support facilities provided by the state. Yeah, and that's really the key thing here. You're reusing something. So I guess in the past, the fourth stage has always been deliberately controlled for re-entry to avoid space situational awareness issues, space debris. So. The case would be that um, here, once the mission is over, you will still bring the fourth stage down in the controlled re-entry? No, we have the, the, the orbital platform doesn't mean that part. Uh -huh. Orbital platform means that it will be retained in the orbit to uh -huh. contact, contact experiments. Now, the second part of your question is, after the experiments are over, uh -huh. you have a plan to bring it down on a controlled re-entry. Right. The answer is, uh, the yes, we have to have this as a measure to bring down a number of debris in orbit. Yeah. Recent, uh, we are deliberating the approaches to bring down stages back to Earth. Uh -huh. There are guidelines getting initiated, you know, being formed. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the guidelines is that if the orbit is above 500 kilometers, mm -hmm. then we must bring down the orbit to less than 500 kilometers so that its uh, life in orbit will be less than 25 years. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. This is one approach. You don't have to actually make it come back to Earth. It is not necessary according to the the guidelines, but you yeah. you'd want it will, to... It will come down automatically mm -hmm. after some time. Right. Uh, suppose it is above 600,000 kilometers, <coughs> you must fire the stage to bring it back to say less than 500 and leave it there. Right. That is good enough. That's good. So we will we will attempt such approaches in the coming years. And what's a typical uh, payload capacity? What sort of mass can... Today if you look at a very maximally extracting uh, the payload capability of PSLV to a Sun Sentinel's polar mission, we can launch 1,600 kilometers. And have you got any um, projects um, for the next few PSLV launches? All of them are booked. Uh, next 10 missions are mm. finalized. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Congratulations. So we, Excellent. We, we attempt, you know, our target is to have a one month, one PSLV. Right. But it's, uh, I mean, that would mean 12 per year. Yes. yes. Only BSLV. And we have BSLV Mark 3, we have BSLV Mark 2. Yeah. That also that also so, how many PSLVs have been launched this year? This year, already four. Four, right. So, next year you're going to be ramping up along with all no, the next other. Two no, months. No, this, two this year months. is still not over. <laughs> right. So, so before March, our, for us, the financial year, if you look at, uh, oh, okay. before March, we will have another four more. Okay, I want to come back at the end. I just want to conclude with what's coming up. And, uh, but just going back to Gaganyam, um, the mission was originally announced not so long ago. We had a very short timeline. The plan is to get three people into space, low Earth orbit, for a week. Um, and before that, do two test flights, test flights uncrewed. Um, I think you were hoping to get the first flight maybe by the end of 2021. How is that progressing? Very well. Mm -hmm. Extremely. Now, I know you've done some paddleboard tests yes. already. What's in the uh, program next for Gaganyam? Immediate program is to conduct the next level of uh, test on the parachute system. Mm -hmm. So, we have a payload uh, mass has been finalized now. Right. So, we have to conduct the experiment to demonstrate the parachute right. 
on systems. It requires multiple tests. <laughs> so that's the first test uh, targeted by the CRN. Uh, dropping it from the appropriate altitude and sequence it and then demonstrate that the whole of the recovery system work very well. So that's the first test and that will be followed by the next test will be the abort test uh, of the crew escape system. So that's... that's that is not what we did in the pad abort. Ah, okay. Pad abort is abort from the pad. Mm -hmm. Next is abort in flight. Ah, so it's in flight. So in flight abort will be the next test. Different by stages, failures can happen. Yeah. So we need to save the crew. Yeah. That will be by middle of next year, right. uh, 2020, uh -huh. and that will be continued in uh, quick succession, multiple uh, abort missions, right. and then we will have the unmanned mission by December of 2020. Terrific. How's the crew selection going? Yeah, <laughs> actually, uh, uh, the first mission definitely it will be uh, from the Air Force only because mm -hmm. they are the most trained people with respect to these. Environment that people will be facing during the flight. Uh -huh. So, Indian Air Force has selected a team of crew who will be trained uh, first in India, mm -hmm. they will be taken to Russia. Mm -hmm. I would say a medium kind of training, mm -hmm. maybe seven months, eight months. Probably they will come back to India and have a training in our crew, or our crew module specific training. Right. Uh -huh. So I think by next year end, as the state next year end, the astronauts will be ready. And has the have you selected the astronauts? Have the, the selection process is in progress. In progress, still. Very soon, I think they will be taken to Russia. Right. And how many would be going to Russia? Uh, from the selected, I think four will go. Four. Right. And um, the crew is going to be a crew of three in the eventual yes. flight. So you normally have uh, primary crew and backup crew, but, so I thought you might want to go with six. Now, now uh, we have planned only four right. with uh -huh. one backup. Right. And just to confirm, it's been reported in the press already that uh, because of the Air Force and test pilot requirements, there won't be any women. Pardon? There will be no female uh, candidates in the first oh, crew. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You were hoping... That is basically because there is no female test pilot in Force. No. Probably very soon I think we'll have some people. <laughs> Air Force is also doing this, uh, trying to have this, such things. Mm. Air Force have pilots, mm -hmm. but they don't have test pilots. Yeah. <laughs> Not yet, maybe in the future. Very, very, very soon I think they are going to um, I understand this uh, conference, um, Human Space Flight and Exploration Conference in Bangalore in January next year. Is that, um, it's about human space flight, is that connected in any way to the Gagnon mission? Yes, yes. What do you hope to get? Uh, it is, as uh, the director was telling, mm -hmm. this whole Gagnon program is going to create, is creating a lot of uh, interest, motivation, as well as uh, commitment from the whole mm -hmm. country. Right. So this, an international program will definitely help in kindling the whole interest People will come, they will make presentations, they will get aware of the program and, and the international community will also understand what we are trying to do. So it will be a good platform for uh, making it, uh, the, or I would say, uh, conveying the message of the Okay, and I'm guessing India has <coughs> um, 
Rakesh Sharma. He will be present. He'll be he'll be and he has been uh, all, all the time in, in connection with us. Right. We, we always discuss many things. Yes. And will you have uh, uh, astronauts from abroad as well attending? Oh, there is a special astronaut session for this one. Right. So it should be a very interesting uh, event. First that time will be the attraction of this one. Look forward to that. Um, talking about um, some of the launch vehicles, um, SSLV and New Space India Limited. What's the thinking behind a new launcher, a small satellite launcher, the SSLV? And um, is that just to address current market trends? No, it's very simple. Uh, see, in, in the world today, to launch a small satellite, there are no rockets available straight away. Uh, in PSLV, we have been launching quite large numbers. Uh, till now, we have launched 250 plus satellites. And the coming next two missions also, there are uh, small satellites on board PSLV, tens in tens. Yeah. So that means the, there is sufficient amount of market for small satellites to come on board. Mm -hmm. uh, and they naturally wait for a very long time to find the right slot to get into a launcher. Right. So PSLV happens to be only to specific missions and they are designed for the primary satellite. This small satellite has no opportunity to go where they really want to go. Mm -hmm. And they have to some, uh, somehow get fit into the available envelope of envelope and mission specifications of the primary satellite. Right. So we would like to make a change there. Uh, this is one goal. So when uh, some, a small satellite is interested to go to SMC Gobet, they can buy this launcher right. opportunity right. and go where they want to go. And when they want to go. Uh, when they want to go. This is point number one. Second point is that there is an emerging market for small satellites now being projected. Not the small ones which I, we are flying in PSLV alone, mm -hmm. but there is a fleet of small satellites projected world over by various agencies and they require launch replacement launch support. They may go through primary launches of 30 or 40 numbers in one go in a big launcher, but if they have to replace two or three in a regular manner, which uh, the philosophy of satellites itself is changing, that many satellites are not going to go with full testing, mm -hmm. with a large-scale replacement possibility existing. So that means replacement satellites becomes one of the big business, mm -hmm. uh, where uh, our launcher will be becoming useful. Suppose you want to launch four satellites in one go, uh, yeah, and that has to be done in two weeks of time, <laughs> and that right. whole launch preparation launch is only one day of time, right. then our launch vehicle suits best. So. Looking at this possible market, we are introducing this small satellite uh, launcher, which is a not a low-cost launcher, but an affordable launcher. Okay. But the primary uh, goal is to make it uh, available launcher. Right. That means if you, when you want it, it is available. Mm -hmm. okay. So that's the whole idea. Okay. And when are you hoping for the first launch? First launch by uh, this year and or beginning of next year. And one thing I didn't quite understand, I read some of the literature on the booth upstairs, um, New Space India Limited is launching the SSL. Antrix was there already doing that kind of thing. So what's the difference between New Space India and Antrix? First thing is the SSLV, the first launches are not going to be done by New Space India. It is going to be done by ISRO. Right. And ISRO is uh, designing it, ISRO is manufacturing it, and we are launching the first two missions. Right. And the action is given to New Space India Limited to look at the commercialization work of this launcher so that they are going to announce, it's not yet announced. So once they announce that, the possible the launchers in continuous production and launch will be through NSIL and through an industry consortium. So this is how the whole idea is. And uh, New Space India Limiter is, the, is a commercial arm of uh, ISRO 
mandated to do this type of job. Right. So Andrex is another commercial arm. So uh, there's two commercial arms. They are different commercial arms and uh, NSIL does this type of work like uh, the taking the engineering work alone, it's not the marketing work. Right. So there is a difference here. Okay. Okay. Uh, the NSIL is going to hold the whole responsibility of producing the launcher and making the launch, and they will tie up with industries to handle the entire work of rocket manufacturing, production, supply, and launch. So that's the difference. Okay. Right. And you, you're hoping to launch something fairly soon. In the press, there's been um, talk of uh, the SSL can be launched, uh, SSLV can be launched from Sierra Airport. There's two launch pads there. But there's a, in the press, there's an announcement of discussion for a long time of a new site called, I apologize for my pronunciation, Kalashekar uh, Pratinam. How do we say it? Help me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, that that uh, will be that is it is like this. Uh, right now we are looking at uh, building the launch vehicle uh -huh. and launching from Sirigat only. Right. Being a small launcher, it can be launched from anywhere. Anywhere. We are make, we are making sure the design of the rocket is very simple uh -huh. and we can build it very fast. Those all propellant is uh, it, it is designed in such a way that it can transport and uh, launch using a mobile launcher. Mm -hmm. This is a mobile launcher. Possible. Oh, okay. Okay. Right now, but we are not doing the mobile launcher because right. we want to do it faster in the early missions from Sri Lanka. Existing capable facilities we are going to use. So once you have that, uh, we can launch it from the western coast anywhere, eastern coast I mean anywhere. And uh, one of the uh, beauty of this launch uh, is cost is that we can starting from uh, the. Bengal cost to up to the Tamil Nadu cost. The entire cost is available for you to launch towards south. But if you want to launch towards east, mm -hmm. then uh, we have to launch it from only Srigari okay. So, it is not necessary that this rocket has to be launched only from one particular location. Right. It can be launched from various other launch sites. Right, but the possibility of uh, mobile launcher is there. Yeah. What about sea launch? Something. Sea launch uh, is something that we are not discussing because uh, sea launch requires a specific large uh, scale investment. Mm -hmm. Because we have to build a barge yeah. uh, which is capable of transporting hardware from land to the craft. Mm -hmm. Then uh, people should live in that and they should travel deep to the sea, one month travel to the launch site. And then after launch they have to take another one month to come back. Yeah, okay, these are all logistic issues which yeah. you have to manage. Uh, and uh, there is somebody doing it and that uh, is not very successful even today. Yeah, it's so very troubled. We don't want to jump into things when I, I have enough of sea cost available. <laughs> Why you should but worry? You don't have any specific advantage in having Yeah. Okay. But, but in, the, in principle, you know, Israel has a uh, very successful um, launch site in Syria reporter, but it's only one site. Um, many other nations have multiple launch sites. Yeah. The idea of having a, an alternative second launch site somewhere in India. Um, it's a good idea. So we will work for it, we will look for it in the course of time. But right now what we need to do, look at is, do we have uh, the any problem with the Sri Rikota? We have seen that it has an ability to launch much more rockets than what we are launching today. Right. Uh -huh. With our infrastructure, that capability exists. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to expand this based on need basis. Okay. One of the need is SSLV. So we will look at that part. But for uh, PSLV, GSLV and all that, that need is not there. Because the current parts meet the, all the requirements of launch. And as you rightly said, uh, a different spatially located launch pad is it's good, it's desirable. Yeah. It's, it's, but it all takes money. <laughs> and time and effort yeah. and like you say. So again, you have to prioritize. Yeah.
It's, uh, but one of the things that Israel is good at is that you do multiple things at the same time. Um, and we and do it very frugally. So, shoestring budget. Shoestring budget. So, importance uh, are given to those type of things. Yeah, yeah. Not to just propagate. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, you know, the, many of the programs that get cancelled get cancelled for many reasons. One of them is that people take on too much time and don't manage it very well. Okay. Um, I just want to sort of very quickly go through the list of the things that are happening. And if you can just give me an update and maybe a launch date if you're aware of something. Um, it's coming up, you, you already mentioned, uh, first of all, uh, the first mission to Venus, Shukriya. What sort of, what state is it that, and when do you anticipate it might be launched? Launch will be 2023. So it's already... Currently the payloads development, design, identification of the payload, who will do what, etc. going on. And uh, the proposal for the satellite architecture has been uh, finalized, some mass is finalized. Mm -hmm. So that's how it is. 2023. Uh, Aditya L1. Aditya L1 is in the final stage. Long. It's almost uh, building is going on of the satellite. Payloads are already in the testing phase. Mm -hmm. And this launch is in 2020. Next year? Yeah. yeah. It's very, very close. Um, do you know is it going to be the first half of next year or the second half? Second half. Second, second half. half, right. Um, Mars Orbiter Mission 2. Mars Orbiter Mission 2 is in the definition phase. It is not uh, engineered yet, right. so uh, right now what we are looking at is the type of payload that can fly, how much, how it will be different from Mars Orbiter Mission 1, what more we need to do, but mm -hmm. the science result of the Mars Orbiter Mission, make an assessment of it and look at what new science that you can do, mm -hmm. what more you can do than Mars Orbiter MOM 1, like uh, whether it need to have a lander, right. whether you need to have a probe into the surface, right. now these type of questions are being asked, we are evaluating various proposals. So. Mars Orbiter 2 could be, could carry a lander and a rover. No, I am telling to the, to, and the other limit of course, it yeah. can be like a full lander, right. but it can be a subset that it will be only a prop. Right. All these options are no, being studied, but finally it will be based on the ability of the launch vehicle to carry right. whatever you want to carry. Yeah. Your cap launch vehicle has a limitation, yeah. so within that boundary. And also the opportunity also you should Opportunity yeah. to go to Mars is... Not okay. a, not time not every 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 year you yeah, know, have no two years or so. Yeah. <laughs> so that also that. Yeah, right. um, Chandrayaan two. Yes. When you got you, you had it on one of your slides, uh, what uh, is the date? Do you have a proposal for launch date for that? Chandrayaan two is already launched, and it is uh, in all. Sorry, Chandrayaan three. <laughs> Chandrayaan three is not yet announced. Uh, okay, so uh, maybe. We will be the possibility of a new launch will be announced at appropriate time. Right. But it will be Chandrayaan. The chairman has to decide whether what he is planning to do on that, and we make an announcement on a possible next mission. And we all wish that uh, we will continue the whole uh, mission to mission, mission to moon on a continuous basis. Sure, you you must be going back to land on the moon again. Yeah, we all we all wish that yes. we should continue yeah. going to moon. And we should do the landing, mm -hmm. and not once. It should be a process exactly. where yeah. we can enhance our capability to do, mm -hmm. do better and better science with moon. Yeah. I think this is our wish, and this is what we are telling to our government to support us. So, so ultimately, with proper uh, uh, review and proper uh, authority and approval, mm -hmm. it will be announced. Yeah, so, but, but so I can't imagine the Israel's um, exploration of the moon has uh, ended. I'm sure you'll be going back. Going back to Chandrayaan 2, 
it's now been more than six weeks. Um, I know you, uh, the, the orbiter is working fine, sending data. What can you tell us about the landing attempt? Um, I guess there's been a failure analysis committee doing its investigation? Yeah, of course, that uh, right after the, uh, the incident of the landing, where Chua has been already told that we have a communication loss mm -hmm. from the lander to the lander to Earth, we have been trying to find out what went wrong, and the committee has already gone through that, and we have a fairly good idea what really went wrong. Why I said fairly good idea is, of course, it's because the data communication is lost, <laughs> and uh, we have to work with what is very minimal available data, mm -hmm. because uh, at some point of time we don't have further data to say uh, what happened to the craft later. So it is a reconstruction of uh, events that uh, happen, would have happened beyond the point of the loss of communication and make an attempt to predict what would have happened. I think that indicates that uh, the craft would have made a very hard landing mm -hmm. and a hard landing definitely means that there is a damage mm -hmm. to the craft, hence you can't do any possible Communication. communication or experiment with that. Right. That is a summary of uh, the final observation. Uh -huh. But of course, uh, the question of why it happened is the question that we are analyzing. Uh, that the reason for why is again based on the type of data that we have uh -huh. in our hand to understand what can go wrong. Because we are communicating from that distance to this in a very short time. Yeah. So the amount of information that is available in our hand to make that assessment is very limited. But what can you say so far from the information you have? Yeah. Is it a software problem or a hardware problem? There is uh, The problem is not uh, really major. We understand that it is a very small, minor problem. Right. Uh, possibly due to uh, the dispersion exceeding the limits which you have set. Right. Uh, and if the limits were a little more wider, right. the whole craft would have managed the uh, condition and then made a soft landing. <coughs> so we say dispersion, dispersion of what? Disp no, we do a mission study, you know, yeah. any, any mission, yeah. it is involved with the nominal condition yeah. and it may perform better, perform lesser <coughs> and in all the boundaries of the performance you design a software. Mm -hmm. Suppose that boundary is exceeded, right. then the software will have its own problem. Um, so the threshold on, based on we simulate and put it, mm -hmm. could be wider, if it is too wider, you end up with the more soft fuel consumption, right. so we could do it with narrow. Right. But if you do it narrow, you can end up with problems. So it's a judgment that. So, you can so yeah. that judgment, we we have a possibly that would have gone wrong. That's right. what we conclude today. Right. And maybe that we widen it or do an alternate strategy to in case it widens, how to yeah. recover. If you put that, it will it will manage. But in terms of hardware or software, we don't need major change. Just as such, it can fly again. Is what we understand. When the uh, report is published, uh, when the report is concluded, would you publish that in any way? Definitely, yes. we, have, we are bound to speak to the people and uh, inform them what happened. Uh, when do you hope that will happen? Uh, what's I'm happen? sure it should happen. This year? Next year? Immediately, I think it should. Immediately? Happen. Yeah. Oh, okay. Why we, <laughs> as soon as we understand, we should speak to the people. We are only waiting for hours us to understand first. <laughs> um, Going back to my list, space station. There was again some announcement that India will launch its own space station. Yeah. Is that true? Is it? Yeah, that announcement is made by Chairman Isro. That's why there should be any <laughs> well, Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I, so I read so many things from the Indian press. And, yeah. Okay, so what's our time scale you're looking at? Now he has not defined any time scale for that. Ah. He has only said it is a natural progression of our ability to fly with the human beings. Mm -hmm. And once you have that, mm -hmm. definitely we need to have the capability oh. to have a permanent presence. Right. 
So, he, our human flights program is not a one-off program. It's a program with a sustained presence of human beings in space. So, this is how the space station comes in. It is not enough that people go and come back. They should stay there, do experiments, and we should find the scientific reasons, reasons for people to be there, must be established. So, the principle is established, yes. it will happen. Yeah. Okay, um, reusable launch vehicle. Uh, had one flight already. What's the state of? Uh, no, no, we are getting. We have a continuation program for reusable launch vehicle. Mm -hmm. uh, there are multiple progress projects. One is the first project is is to land using uh, landing gear in a airstrip. Mm -hmm. So we are getting ready for that landing experiment. So here the craft will be taken through a helicopter to a altitude, uh -huh. uh, typically four kilometers, right. and we'll be dropping it. Uh -huh. And after dropping it, it has to do its own autonomous navigation control through the atmosphere right. and come and land in a landing strip uh, by itself. Right. And where is the landing strip? Landing is uh, planned near Chitradurga. Right. Uh, then the air landing strip is available for such experiments. Mm -hmm. There we will be landing. Okay, and when will that happen? This is uh, scheduled by December. December? Yeah. Wow. Really quick. Okay. Um, Semi-cryogenic um, launch vehicle. Have you been working on uh, yes, semi-cryogenics yeah. for, for a while now? What's the state of status for it? Currently, we have a program to build an engine now, and the engine work is progressing. Engine is the first step. Engine is getting ready. Meantime, we have engine plus the stage makes a semi-cryogenic stage, mm -hmm. and we have program to replace the GSLM R3 cryogenic core stage with a semi-cryogenic stage. And that schedule is uh, by another two years from now. Right. Uh, so with that, uh, that is our Gaganyan program must be completed. Right. Then only we can do such things with our GSLM R3. Right. So the, the right now we have scheduled to keep our Gaganyan program intact to keeping GSLM R3 unchanged mm -hmm. after man rating. Right. And once that mission is over, 2022 mission is over, mm -hmm. we will be in a position to detect our semi-cryogenic stage right. and then enhance the payload capability to next level, say four ton to six ton. Um, okay, I'm coming near the end. Um, GSLV Mark III, you've had a very successful first operational flight. Yeah. Took to January to July. Um, when's the next one? We are, we are keeping, our vehicle is getting, going to get ready by next year middle. Mm -hmm. So we have different options now being explored. Right. Uh, this vehicle is required for our future Chandrayaan missions. Right. We also required for communication mission. As well as, as well as Gaganyan. Yeah. Yeah. So we are looking at the ability of the vehicle production to increase because it needs to meet uh, <laughs> yes. all these demands. Yeah. So this year we are trying our best to keep uh, at least two vehicles to get ready. Mm -hmm. And the scheduling of uh, mission for our communication satellite or Chandrayaan will be decided in due course. Mm -hmm. And definitely Gaganyan uh, first uh, unmanned mission in, in next yes. year in the two yes, That is a priority now. It's a priority. And you know, uh, Russia has worked for a long time in India space program. That's where the astronauts will be trained. Incidentally, in India, are you calling the astronauts astronauts or are you going to be yeah, using astronauts? Are astronauts. Right. No, there is a suggestion that we can call in an, an Indian name. Yeah. yeah. We, are, we are going to give a proposal for, to public. To right. Oh, so some names and appropriately, there may be at a, at a later stage. Right. He will call something something else. Biomonotes? 
Doing a lot of collaboration with Gagnon with Russia and some with, with France. Um, in future missions after Gagnon, what's in the pipeline? Surely after the first successful flight and the return, um, is there? Does Israel have a, an idea of what's next? What follows? Yeah, that's what we sometime back discussed. Space station is announced. The new set by Jamal Israel. So that that implies what? It implies that the. Gaganian mission is not one of the mission. Mm-hmm. It is a mission that is likely to continue. Right. So, the first, after the first mission, there will be follow-on missions mm-hmm. and missions to have a sustained presence of Indians in space. Yeah. Why not sometimes in uh, mission to move? Well, uh, all those things will be. <laughs> Our job is to give a roadmap. Yeah. And we, the government has to approve. Yeah. And based on the approval, the programs will be planned. Okay, so the um, uh, you know you are here in Washington, uh, Artemis pro- program, which is NASA's gateway around the moon, is something which is perhaps uh, uh, distant uh, goal. But once Israel has completed this Gagnon mission, could you see um, India participating in the International Space pro- uh, Space Station? Maybe sending astronauts there? We were having plans. We have sent already astronauts through Russian. Mm-hmm. Craft. We have one of the international astronauts, Rakesh Sharma. Mm-hmm. We also had programs to fly in space shuttle. Mm-hmm. In fact, two astronauts were selected, yeah. and unfortunately, due to the accident, the whole plan was set aside. That was in 1986. Yeah. So not 86, later. Yeah. Later. Not in 86, it was in 90s. No, no it was after the challenge. After yeah. challenge. Yeah, but it was a long time ago. That means it is possible for Indian astronauts to fly in American. There is no difficulty. Right. Uh, what we need to find out is that how it suits our requirement. Uh-huh. Because uh, today we have a different program, not 1986 program. Mm-hmm. We have a program to have our own human spaceflight capability. Right. So we will uh, factor this requirement of flying in ISS or any other missions in the US with regard to how it fits into our long-term program. Right. And then we'll take the decision of... Uh, sending any astronaut in any other vehicle because what we need today is to have astronauts which are skilled to handle our vehicles. So, <laughs> when you see, our, see, it's our priority. Yeah. So our priority is paramount for us. Yeah. Depending on pri- our priority, if something is fit to go along with Artemis, definitely we can go. We are not ruling out anything. Yeah. But first let us prove ourselves and build the cable. Okay, so this possible uh, collaboration with US possible with, with Russia, you're already doing that. What about China? Is there any possibility or something in the pipeline for future collaboration with China? In the space, uh, uh, before coming to space, I must tell you that there is a lot of goodwill being generated between mm-hmm. China and India. Recently, you would have seen our Prime Minister and uh, Chinese yes. Premier yeah. in uh, close quarters discussing so many things for yeah. a few days. Uh-huh. So that implies that there is goodwill being generated between China and mm-hmm. India. And uh, definitely that will reflect in, uh, should reflect in 
space, space act as well. Right. But space is a special area uh -huh. which has its own uh, connotations with regard to strategic uh, strength and yeah. things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, we have not chopped out what exactly that we want to do with, with the Chinese yet, right. as far as the space program is concerned. Uh, it is a good idea. I, I can't say that we can rule out that. Right. But uh, for a regional cooperation, mm -hmm. definitely between China and uh, India, right. there are possibilities. I, I noticed that um, the Chinese space station uh, had an announcement of opportunity for payloads from international community, and I think two of them came from the Indian Institute of Science. So there's collaboration in that respect. No, that's in space. the science level. In the and science and level, there are no restrictions. No restrictions. I'm talking about at the agency level. Right. There we have to we have to identify the dialogue where what exactly that we can but give and take. Actually, it is not for. No, putting some of our instrument in their platform and measuring, that is not... We also have our PSR platform to put the same experiment. So... <laughs> exactly, and, and you know, India has been doing that yeah, quite a lot. So that is, not the, that is not the point here. Yeah, that's so to put right. it in space, we know how to put it in space. Mm -hmm. But if beyond that, what really the collaboration brings to us, mm -hmm. in mutually beneficially, is mm -hmm. that is yet to be identified. Yeah. And then, finally on the collaboration point, the European Space Agency, do you have any specific uh, programs for collaborating with you? No. We have uh, already um, uh, instruments uh, signed between ESA and India in terms of various uh, missions, mm -hmm. uh, uh, in the Earth observation missions, climatology, climatology climate missions. We have already done joint satellite programs right. and it will continue to do. You have got very good collaboration. Yeah, I mean, the, the, this theme of uh, the IAC has always been international collaboration. And then just finally, you've been here for about four days here in Washington at the IAC 2019. What can you share about what has come out of this week um, ahead of the announcement about the candidacy for IAC 2022? That'll be tomorrow. What's happened so far that you can tell, share uh, about what uh, activities have been taking place in the last four days since you've been here? IAC is a forum for networking. Uh, it is a technical forum, there are presentations, but more than technical forum, we are meeting people. Right. So that has been going on for quite some time. Right. So we have been, we had all, already the bilaterals between all leading uh, space agencies mm -hmm. and review of our current uh, cooperative work. Right. And what next we have to do, that also has been identified in our level. Uh, that is the first part of the job. Second part, of course, is the, our uh, uh, presentations in various forums. Yeah. Fora, which includes our candidacy mm -hmm. uh, as well as our technical activities. And I myself, as a vice president of the IAF, uh, had uh, official responsibility. To which do you got from last year, uh, yes. 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 Managed the technical activities yes. and its own uh, yeah. uh, interfaces. Mm -hmm. So that way we were very kept very busy. Mm -hmm. Now, today, tomorrow also, we have uh, continued interactions with various agencies, uh, private enterprises, right. and identifying. Uh, procurement activities, interface activities, that all going on. And team from India is also presenting uh, technical papers. Yeah. And we also have students from India who mm -hmm. are participating here uh, and uh, listening to all those uh, Getting talks. exposed. Yeah, and and I will uh, also add that uh, IAA meetings also was there, mm -hmm. where some of our senior engineers got membership. And uh, I would also like to say that one, one of the uh, uh, Dr. Shivan and Dr. B. N. Suresh won an award oh. for their book, for the technical book, right? In IAA, uh -huh. so that also always 
takes place along with the IIT. I'll put a link in the on the website for that. Yes. Uh, so that also is a thing. Then another important thing is mm-hmm. in exhibition we have got a very good stall and uh, the footfall is quite impressive. And we double decker with the yes. office upstairs. Very, very impressed. Yeah. Uh, I should, should have taken some pictures. Um, so I'm sure many things will come out of your week here. Um, and I also know that you've been here for about a week already, and it's uh, quite a demanding time. Um, next year, it's in IAC 2020. It's in Paris? Dubai. 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 Sorry. Yes, Dubai. And you will be there. Can I... Can I arrange to meet up with you and catch up again at our annual get-together? The present is very beautiful, future is yet to be defined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, hope I, would be, I will be asking to meet up with you there if, uh, if you are there. And, uh, nothing, nothing against uh, hoping. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm planning. Yeah, uh, and I, I really am very grateful for your time. I know how busy always is for you, so I really appreciate it. And, uh, you are very special for us. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, working on another one. Did I mention that uh, this is this Indian uh, guy working in Calcutta in the 1930s and 40s was testing rockets? You were telling me. So that's something which uh, I will tell you all about and it would be good for Israel to, to give this guy a bit more credit once you know about his story. I think uh, in, in, for Dubai, do you have any specific plans uh, or is it going to be networking again? No, IAC continue to be remain on a similar format mm-hmm. uh, because uh, it is a forum for uh, technical uh, policy makers, mm-hmm. uh, industries, uh, young people, yeah. aspirant aerospace engineers, you know, they want people to come together and you know, interact. Yeah, yeah. So it is a platform more than technical. So that way, it has different layers of uh, levels of people knowing to each other. Yeah. Uh, so we continue to maintain that uh, type of participation in IAC uh, and uh, contributing through the lectures, contributing through presentations, mm-hmm. participation. So, and do you have any plans to visit the, the UK? You've, I keep meeting you everywhere. Uh, but you've not been to the no, UK? We had the interface uh, interaction with UK. We had a bilateral with UK. Uh-huh. So some MOU, some projects. It's already there, and then implementing arrangement of cooperation is already there between UK space agents and India. Are there any specific projects that you could? No, no, nothing too specific to mention at this point. Once again, a very long day for you, I know. I really appreciate your time, and until Dubai next year, or probably before then, uh, thank you both of you very much indeed. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.